Hi everyone, welcome back to Bobble Pod. I'm Manny, CEO of Bobble Digital. Thanks for joining us on this next episode. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe our podcast um, and your feedback is great. We hope you enjoy the first three episodes since we launched into season three. Um, this episode is more about talking about getting latest digital trends, what's going on and me giving almost like out my opinion of, you know, what's hot right now, what's not. So this is almost like a news roundup from Manny or hashtag Mr. Bobble. We really need to get Mr. Bobble. Uh trending and maybe rival mr beast i don't know i mean he's too big right now isn't he let's be realistic getting a lot of nodded heads um but i have this idea of mr bobble and uh, some famous promotion this episode is brought to you by bobble digital water bottles um i should really start an e-commerce the amount of bobble branding i've done anyone who's watching any or listening the amount of branding i've been doing recently to the point where my family is like that's enough <laughs> like that's enough like if i could brand it i would i'd even have my employees just walking around in blue with bubble digital elements i'm surprised i don't even have a tattoo of bubble digital yet on myself i'm not going to do that for the record but we have some questions from some of the recordings we've done so i'm going to introduce josh who's our videographer hi josh hello so sort of in the last sort of episode you were speaking about google automation and at the start of the year, my Instagram account got hacked. When it came to it, there is zero support from Instagram. Nothing you can do about it. How sort of damaging is that for small businesses or certain people, influencers that will rely on platforms like Instagram, Facebook? And if they get shut down, what could they do? That's a really good question. Um Obviously, your Instagram getting hacked. I actually remember that because um, obviously me and Josh work separately and I did have a go at the guy who actually did respond, remember, in the chat. And that is, and again, calling out meta now, that is something you need to improve on because it's, I mean, no offense, Josh, it's your own fault. You should have had two-factor authentication on and maybe a stronger password. <laughs> maybe that'll teach you in the future. But jokes aside, um, you know, it's it's frustrating because you had what? So much content of work you had done on there? Yeah. Yeah, you had so much content on there, historical projects, people's wedding highlights videos, and you were you uploading that from your mobile phone or from... Uh, yeah, mobile. So although you historically have the content physically, it's the painstake of uploading it, and you can't just upload that old co that content again. You've had to rebuild your following, your followers... The content, the engagement, people would know that channel, that uh, page. You've had to kind of rename your page because you can't have the same name again. Yeah. And yeah, it is frustrating. And Instagram support and Facebook support with that kind of stuff is very, very poor. It's limited. Uh, I've not been in a position where I've had anything hacked. Um, sorry for hearing that. That's me saying touch wood um, or tap the head as we do in Yorkshire. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, obviously that, is it is poor there's nothing that small businesses can do except have strong protocols in place in terms of who has access to the instagram you know secure passwords using stuff like LastPass or you know having you know uh authenticated key based passwords so basically you know you know key generated so it's like symbols letters numbers the stronger the longer the harder the password is to crack the less likely you're going to get hacked but you should also have like a second stage verification. So for example, 
we use Meta Business Suite, which is what it's called now. But when I access Meta Business and I go into Facebook and I go into Business Manager and I click in ads and I go into Business Settings, and in Business Settings, I control as an admin who has access to our agency Business Manager account, who has access to what clients, et cetera. It comes up asking for a security code to log in, and that comes through my mobile. And I use platforms like uh, Google Authenticate or Facebook's authentication code within the app. So that is two-factor authentication. The best way to come over that, if you're a small business, just set up two-factor authentication on your personal accounts and on your business accounts. Without that, you are then at risk of hacking and hacking is a known thing. Now, I'm not an expert on hacking or, you know, elements of, of what happens in that stage, but I can only really feel obviously what happened. But unfortunately, the resource and support from Instagram is basic. And if you Google it now, there's not even like an email or telephone number for you to get into it. And then claiming, you know, that back is like the person's can who's hacked your account can then go in and change everything and you lost all the content because they started deleting it and started putting out other content around investing, which turned into a scam account, unfortunately. And then that's how they get other people. So remember these people are very sophisticated in what they do and how they do it. My advice to anyone out there is make sure you've got secure Instagram passwords. And if you haven't changed your password to something more secure, something more cryptic, now's the time to do it and make sure you've got two-factor authentication. So if anyone tries to log into your app or into your Instagram account from a new device, it comes up with a notification for you to say, is this you? And you can say, no, this is not me. There's a lot of provincial tools within platforms like Google. So like when someone tries to log into our Google MTC account at the agency, on my mobile, on my mobile loan, do I get the code to allow them to log in? And at which point I drop into the WhatsApp group with an agency, who's requested this code? Uh, they'll say, oh man, it's me requesting the code. So I know, and then I have a log of who went on at what time, from what device. So it's just improving your security element. So with your new Instagram account, mate, I would suggest that you, you know, make sure you've got a very strong password in there and that you make sure you've got two-factor authentication set up with your device. On the, automation, on the automation side of it, what should these companies be doing? So if you go to Instagram or Facebook because you're wanting to do ads, something like that, you will be able to get hold of someone because it's all about money. They'll be getting money from it. But from the support side of it, it's just non-existent. But do you blame, not to, to play devil's advocate here, do you blame them? Where are they going to put their resource and support to is where they make their revenue and money from. It sounds harsh and it sounds blunt to anyone who's watching, listening to them. But the harsh reality is, I mean, I don't like it. I write it about Google a few episodes ago, um, but they put in the time and resource into platforms that makes them the biggest revenue, the biggest money. So it's, yes, if you go into, you know, Google, I mean, Google ads, or if you go into Facebook ads manager and you can get resource, you can chat to someone within messenger, first line support, you can chat to someone on Google, you can get them to call you back. You can get someone from Facebook to call you back. It's that what I call that first line support. And it's still basic and good. But for stuff like pages, it's all information content based. They don't want to put people and resources behind elements like that because it's a cost to them as a business on something that provides no revenue at all. It provides content and they need content on the site to have revenue. But in the grand scheme of things, unfortunately, 
you're not a verified glue tick user on Instagram for them to actually take that into significant consideration. In that case, I think it would have been a different story. And, and that just sounds harsh. I know when I'm saying it, it sounds very, very harsh. But unfortunately, that's the reality. They're only going to put their resource or time into elements. And for everything else, they can just give you helpful tips and a hub of how to do and how to contact them and do it via email and come back to you a month later. But by that time, the damage is done. So the only thing you can do is make sure you have things in place to prevent it before anything else. It's frustrating. I understand it. It's not nice. Sorry, Josh is giving me teary-eyed looks. It's like that Snapchat filter where you have the unhappy face that's been launched, you know. It's absolutely funny. Speaking of which, there's a, I saw a video on TikTok of someone doing that with the F1 intro. Absolutely hilarious. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do uh, apart from if you had noticed it, go in and log in and say reset password. I forgot my password and make sure it's linked to your email address or number and make sure when you're on your mobile phone, no one has access to your, to your app. But I'm assuming it was probably a basic password that you had. No. Well, I don't know what kind of caused it. Um, but again, anyone can be open to those kind of hacks and attacks and it's not nice but they will only do it with people where the following is decent. So no, I'd be surprised if someone hacked me because I only only have like, on my personal Instagram, I only have like 500 followers, but that's my close friends and family. Potentially our Bubble Digital one because we're building up, you know, thousands of followers now, uh, um, potentially in the future. But again, we try to back everything up that we can and have two-factor authentication. Thanks for the question, Josh. I'm sorry I couldn't provide any more, you know, soothing advice um, and you couldn't really get like, you know, the therapy you needed um, on that one. <laughs> He's laughing now. So no, but a lot is kind of happening in, in the marketing world. And it's good that you raised that question. I wanted to go through uh, just a couple of things around about when I get asked questions from clients is like, they're very, very performance focused. So a lot of clients are like, they care about the number of conversions, the number of leads, the number of contacts, the number of sales, the value of revenue. And it can fluctuate month to month. Seasonality plays a key role in e-commerce. Seasonality plays a role at different times with different kinds of businesses, different industries. But if you want that steady stream of conversions and sales and e-commerce to come through, don't just assume that it's going to come from just doing highly optimized performance campaigns on Google, Facebook, Instagram, and video campaigns. If people don't know who, what your company does or who your company is, how do you expect them to buy into you? There's a level of trust and brand building that you need to do. And what I find is when clients say, oh, well, we need to get our conversion rate up to 7%. How do you expect to achieve that when you're new to market or you've only been running for a few years? And you're competing against some of the bigger brands out there that people know. There's a reason why IKEA and all these furniture companies do really well. They built their brand over time. They're huge. People are more likely to go to that website to search for a particular product than yours. But if they're not going directly to the website and they're searching for it in Google, that's where you need to be doing your brand building. And the best platform to do your brand building on is YouTube. YouTube is the best platform to do your brand building on, as well as social media. I talked about how platforms like, you know, Instagram used to be Discovery and YouTube used to be Discovery. Um, but now, um, sorry, they used to become, you know, yeah, they used to be Discovery, but now 
conversion led. And it's true, but it still plays a role in terms of what I call top of the funnel marketing, where you've got to get your name out there. A lot of clients come out to us, oh, well, you know, we had 200 conversions this month, um, but we had 250 last month. It's like, well, how much time are you spending on your brand? Brand and performance together is the ultimate superpower. And you will see some of the bigger agencies doing this. I'm trying to advocate our clients and any new prospects to come into is like, you need to consider that some of your budget needs to go into brand building. You can't launch a new product unless people know what it does and what the benefits of it are. You need to be creating content on your website about that product. You need to be creating relevant articles and blogs about the benefits of, you know, this product provides or this service provides or what it means or what the terminology, what it means or what, steps you should take to consider this business to business service etc a whole array of things you need to consider but stuff like video on that page that introduces and talks about what it is but talking about your company and what you specialize in we do a lot of video at bubble you know we do our videos around bite size we do the vodcast here for the podcast and when we're out at events we create you know highlight videos Big shout out to Josh who does most of our video work. Thank you, Josh. Um, but, you know, we're creating video content explaining who we are and what we do. When we did our first ever exhibition at Marketing Showcase in Manchester, we had a TV screen there and we had a four or five minute video that explained who we were as a company and what we offered and showed different elements and fun things we had done as a company from the M&M video down in London to our commitment to the Rainforest Trust through to, you know, our commitment to, you know, um, stuff that I've done with Wellbeing Week, stuff that we've done with Bite Size Podcast, so much video content we've occurred that we've done it. And actual examples of like video projects we've done, we're not a video agency, but we do delve into other projects where it's relevant or we try to expand our focus because video is such a key element. So branding is really, really, really important for you as a company, along with performance. If you want to get more if you want to get a lower cost per acquisition, lower cost per new customer, if you want to get a lower cost per lead um, from your business, start focusing on if you've hit your, if you've plateaued and you've hit your peak or the lowest peak you can achieve in terms of cost per acquisition, the question comes down to, well, actually, what else can you do? And it isn't really homing down on the optimization within Google Ads and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these platforms. It's like, well, actually, what else can you do which yes, will cost more money, but ultimately will drive more revenue for you, which is where's the brand campaign? We've got some furniture clients right now. I'm thinking, well, actually, we're doing a lot of performance-based stuff, but we're kind of like plateauing with what we're able to achieve. There's only so much recommendations within a platform you can do, and we're always coming up with new ideas, new ad types, new content types that we recommend to our clients. But ultimately, without brand you can't achieve optimum performance. And I don't mean you need to go spend £20,000 doing a brand campaign. What I mean to do, you need to subtly introduce brand campaigns into the platforms where you're focused on performance as well, because that will improve not just the performance campaign, but it will drive more new traffic to your website as well, whether you're a business individual or e-commerce. And the benefit of that is you can then focus on performance tactics like retargeting and then create lookalike audiences from that. So you'd see the benefit of doing it is that if you focus on a brand campaign and drive new people to your website based on the products you, you provide, you've got a whole new data pool of people to retarget or create new audiences from, 
which will support the wider performance campaigns you're doing. And it works. So I really want to focus this one on obviously answering some questions from the last few uh, episodes that we've recorded here today um, from Callum and Josh. And obviously touch on that point from Instagram. But also I really want to like get through like, if you're struggling right now with performance, you need to start looking at what you're doing as a brand perspective to support that performance of that campaign as a business. So if you're looking at your agency, if you're looking at your ad accounts, whether it's Facebook, Google, and you're thinking, you know, the results have been a bit static or slightly dropping off, the market's changing to what it was after lockdown in terms of e-commerce. We do see people now back out and about spending more money on travel and tourism, traveling again with restrictions uplifted. But don't forget, look at the cost of rising in terms of living standards. So that has had an impact on the ability of people to spend money compared to when they're at home on furlough and they didn't have cost of going out and eating out. They were saving more money. They were spending a lot of money on household goods. But now with the cost of bills increasing and it's unfair and something needs to be done and the recent budget, and I'm going to give my personal opinion, wasn't good at all. It needs to be improved. and But that impacts your performance as a business. Not if you're B2B, it really depends on the business performance, but if you're consumer-led, that is going to impact you. The cost of living and the increase in the cost of living is going to impact people's ability to afford your products. And there's other impacts we see our clients having from the cost of shipping costs into the UK and the shipping container crisis that happened. So there's a lot of unvariable, well, a lot of variables and elements out of control that impact performance as well, not just you know performance and brand. So please take that into consideration. Have a holistic view of what the hell is going on in your industry. Have a look at how your competitors are doing. Have a look at where you were at this point last year when the you know online space was completely different and where do you think it's going and start focusing on elements you can improve. But now's the time to start investing the ball into your brand and building your brand portfolio up, gaining online market share, attracting new customers to be able to do more performance-related tactics within your accounts. So brand and performance together is a superpower. That's what I want you to take away from this podcast. Again, any further specific questions, reach out to us directly. Add me on LinkedIn. Again, final reminder, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, Bobble Pod. And thank you again for listening for this episode. And I look forward to bringing some guests to our next series of episodes that we'll be bringing out after episode four.